are dismissed at this time. Children, youth. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, today is our nation's Independence Day. It marks our separation from the British Empire in 1776 and the founding of the United States of America. It's the day the Declaration of Independence was adopted by the Continental Congress. It provides a good opportunity for the American church to give thanks for the exceptional blessings God has given to our country. At a time when it seems more and more people want to overemphasize our nation's flaws, we would do well to express gratitude for our nation's incredible riches. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 13 and verse 7, Give to everyone what you owe them. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. I feel it's very appropriate that on the 4th of July, we honor and give thanks for the blessings that God has given us as a nation. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift comes down from God, from God our Father. The United States of America has certainly been one of God's exceptional gifts. To be patriotic is to acknowledge that while America is far from perfect, God has poured out incredible blessings on this country. America has an exceptional spiritual foundation that some wish to deny, erase, or ignore in some way. What other revolutionary army has a memory of its general on his knees in the snow? What other founders stopped in their initial deliberations to have a prayer meeting? What other nation has endowed by their creator written in its charter? Or in God we trust stamped on its currency? Or has freedom of religion as the first of its bill of rights. When we consider our founding fathers established a constitutional republic which restricted the power of government and ensured the individual liberty, we should be both eager and proud to express thanks for the freedom of worship, the freedom of travel, the freedom of press, the freedom of speech that is unparalleled in the history of mankind. While it seems many of these freedoms have come under fire as of late, they are still freedoms. We have and are still enjoying them today. Think about a, a scene from a movie, the classic movie Lion King from some years ago. Rafiki is a wise ape that teaches the young lion Simba about the past. A past the young lion was trying to forget. In a poignant scene, Rafiki sneaks up on Simba and uses his staff to hit the lion on the head. Man, pow, he gets him. Simba rubs his head and complains, to which Rafiki wryly responds that the hurt doesn't matter because it's in the past. And that's what Simba was trying to live is, well, the pain or what he's done is in the past. Simba, still rubbing his head, responds and says, yeah, but it still hurts. Rafiki then explains that while the past can hurt, the lion can either run from it 
or face it and learn from it. As he says these words, he swings his staff at Simba again. Only this time, Simba sees it coming and he ducks out of the way. Rafiki, knowing that the cub has learned, says, Ah, you see, so what are you going to do now? The scene ends with the Lion King bounding off to face the past. To deal with the past in order to be able to move forward into the future. To realize that he must face those things in order to be free to live in the future as he was intended to live. If you have your Bibles this morning, and and I hope that you do, uh, in the book uh, of John chapter 8. John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking, and he gives us some profound teaching in regards to our past and our future and the freedom that it offers. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. And Jesus, therefore, saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's offspring and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. If therefore the son shall make you free... You shall be free indeed. If then the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus is not necessarily talking about an individual sin or a specific act of disobedience. But he offers freedom from the nature or condition that enslaves all people. The The truth to which Jesus refers is more than just factual correctness that dominates so much of our Western Christianity. We see, we can quote verses about evangelism. We can quote verses about prayer or compassion, yet rarely seek to extend compassion. Prayerfully bringing the gospel to those living in darkness, the freedom that Jesus offers is not a political system. It's a release from the chains that enslave one's soul. The possibility of freedom. Jesus makes one of the most amazing inspirational claims in history, considering for a moment the incredible hope expressed in the promise that Jesus can set people free. Free. And unless you've lived a very sheltered life, you have probably experienced an enslaved soul at some time, enslaved by something in your life, whether it be in your past or whether it be in the present, something that you were struggling with. If not yourself, then you probably know a loved one or someone who struggled to break free from some ungodly chain in their life. These ungodly chains can sometimes be identified like a moral addiction. Or something that is very evident. Sometimes these chains are things that are more acceptable in our society. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's worldliness or doubt or anger or bitterness. 
legalism, racism, insecurity, despair, or depression. But whatever category you place it in, we at some time in our life have been enslaved by something in this world or in this life. And the result is the same. No matter which one of these it is. Failure to experience the abundant life promised by following Christ to those living in bondage, Jesus offers freedom. And the freedom that He offers is a spiritual freedom. It's not a political revolution. True freedom is not about changing your outward circumstances. Think about this for just a moment. As Jesus talks about the freedom that He offers, Paul was on the road to Damascus, and he was persecuting the church and Christians when he was set free. The prodigal son was in a pig pen when he was set free. Peter was in a boat fishing. One woman was drawing water from a well. Another woman found freedom when she was caught in adultery. There was a thief on a cross of execution when Jesus set his soul free. Spiritual freedom is not dependent upon our physical circumstances. That they may have led or contributed to our bondage, but the spiritual freedom is not limited to being set free from some physical circumstance or situation. Jesus can set you free in any area of our life, and He can do it without necessarily having to change our circumstances. In the midst of the current circumstances, we can be set free from the bondage that holds us spiritually in this world. Now, understand or don't misunderstand that that there may need to be some change of our circumstances. There may need to be some change of our, our situation. But they do not have to change in order to experience the freedom that Christ offers And we have to understand when we talk about freedom and freedom of our nation and freedom of speech and all of those things, freedom to worship, of religion. He says true freedom comes when we are set free from within. When we are set free spiritually and the freedom that comes from Christ is more concerned about setting our soul free than defeating the physical circumstances that are around us in our life. Jesus' freedom is also purposeful. Jesus describes the freedom he offers resulting from abiding in his truth. Freedom is not a lack of restraint that allows one to fully fulfill any selfish desire. But genuine freedom takes place in the arena of the stadium of divine truth in our life. As we abide in Christ, We are released from the chains of the world. And we are released to be all that God created us to be. Like a fish. A fish is created to live in water. And as long as that fish is living in the water, it has freedom to be what it was intended to be. And we take it out of its water, and that freedom ends. That freedom stops. The same thing is true for us. The freedom that we experience is a freedom that comes only when we are in Christ. Take us out of Christ and the freedom stops. The freedom is reduced to to something much less than God ever intended to be. Think about this. Think about playing an instrument. Think about playing the keyboard, the piano. 
So who is more free? If I were to bring Kai up here today and let him sit down and just, you know, bang, 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 you know, and make all kinds of noise, go, oh, yeah, he's free to play the piano, right? Or if I ask Phyllis to sit down, who studies music, reads music, knows music, knows what the keys do, who's more free? She plays music that is beautiful, music that is worshipful, music that leads our hearts into to a, a relationship with the Lord and into a connection with Him through our singing and our worship. Which is more free? Freedom comes when we are within the bounds of the structure of being in Christ Jesus. Freedom comes when we are living with Him as our Lord and Master. Not when we're just free to do whatever we want, willy-nilly, and go wherever and do whatever in life. But, but we are free when we are in Christ. When His Word is in us. When we are living according to the instructions and in fellowship with the mighty God. But, but what we have to understand is sin hinders that freedom and that relationship. And he says, I can set you free. Notice what he says, when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. When the Son sets you free, then you're really free. If you think you're free, if you think you're free because of the nation in which we live, if you think you're free because of the freedoms that we have in the world today, if you think that's freedom, he says, you don't know what freedom is until the Son sets you free. But when the Son sets you free, that freedom is beyond anything that we could ever ask or experience or know in this life. The freedoms of this world versus the freedoms that come in Christ Jesus. And when we look at those freedoms and we consider all of the blessings that He has offered us, when we look at everything that He has done for us in our life, there is a process of freedom. Jesus identifies a process of experience true freedom with the words, if then. Think about it as we read back through the text. Think about the words that he shared with us and Jesus speaking to us. And he says, for, for you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And they said, listen, we've never been in it. We're Abraham's children. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain for, forever. If then, therefore the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If then, if the son is the one who gives you freedom, there is a process that comes from knowing Christ Jesus and making him Lord and master of our life. If you have a daily quiet time of 30 minutes uh, in prayer, and, and if you tithe faithfully, and if you only miss Sunday school twice a year, then you can be free. No, it's not what he said. He said, if then what? If then if the Son sets you free. If your freedom comes from Christ Jesus... He says, then you are truly free. If you get your freedom from anything or anywhere else, he said, you haven't experienced true freedom. If we get it from legalism of saying, well, I, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I, have to, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do He says, if you're living under that legalism, that's not real freedom. If Christ gives you freedom, then he says you are really free. 
to experience life the way that He intended us to experience life. To live life the way that He desires for us to live life. We have freedom in Christ. I want you to think about something for a moment. That freedom does require us to do our parts. So let me say to you this morning, you have freedom to see the sunrise every single day. You're free to do that. Nothing can keep you from seeing the sunrise every single day except for what? You. In order to see the sunrise, there's some things I have to do. First one is this. I've got to get up early. Right? If I sleep in until 10 o'clock, <laughs> I'm not ever going to see a sunrise, am I? You know what? But here's the other thing. If I get up early, guess what else I have to do? I have to go outside and I have to face east. If I stay in the house and face west, am I ever going to see a sunrise? I'm never going to see a sunrise in the house facing west. So when he says his freedom is for us, he has done his part to set us free. But he says we have to do our part to experience that freedom. He's given us the freedom to see the sunrise, but we have to do our part if we're going to see the sunrise. We can't lay in bed till 10 o'clock in the morning. We can't stay in the house and face west and see the sunrise. We have to get up early. We have to go outside. And we have to face east if we're going to see the sunrise. He said, I've done my part to set you free. He says, now you have to do your part to live in that freedom. And what did he say that was? Our part is to know the truth. And the truth sets us free. Our part is to know his word. To know the instructions of His Word and the guidance that He gives us in life through His Word. The truth of my Word is what brings freedom to your life. And He says, my part is I have provided it. Your part is you have to know the truth. The only way that I can know the truth is to be in the truth. The only way that I can experience the truth is to study God's Word. To read the Scriptures. To let the truth be revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then knowing that truth, he says, Jesus Christ can set us free. Listen, we live in a nation that I believe is greater than any nation in the world. We live in a nation where we have far greater freedoms than any place else in the world. It's not perfect. It has its flaws. But we live in an opportunity to experience freedom like no one else experiences freedom. And it comes from knowing the truth. And it comes from knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. People of every tribe and every tongue and every nation are loved equally by God. But anyone who has ever visited a third world country, knows that not all nations are equal. Not the same everywhere in the world. That doesn't make us superior to anyone, but it should make us more grateful than everyone. To celebrate the freedoms that we have, to acknowledge what God has blessed us with, to recognize the freedom that can only come through Christ Jesus. The book of Psalms says this, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. 
I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Celebrating the freedom that comes, that can only come through Christ Jesus our Lord. Celebrating the freedoms that we experience in a nation on this 4th of July. Blessings that we have received, grateful for what God has done for us. That's what I believe this 4th of July is all about. It's about acknowledging and being thankful and grateful and experiencing the freedoms that we have in the nation in which we live, but it's also about acknowledging and being thankful and grateful for the experience that we have of freedom that can only come through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so this morning as we come to the end of our service, Instead of singing an invitation hymn that we normally would sing, this morning I'm going to have Janet come and she's going to sing a song for us about the freedom that we experience that's come through the gift that God has given us. And if there's a decision on your heart this morning about freedom in Christ Jesus, then while she's singing, I invite you to come. If there's a decision, I'll walk with you through that. If you need to pray about something, I'll pray with you. But the precision on your heart this morning, listen to this song, the message of this song, and come if you have a decision to make.